1: And welcome to episode 315 of the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Dennis Kennedy in Ann Arbor. And I'm Tom Mile in Dallas. In our last episode, we had a great interview guest, David Tewksbury from Harman, the audio innovation company, and discussed ways to improve audio quality and your audio professionalism. Tons of great information. In this episode, we wanted to return to one of our favorite personal topics, improving your home office setup. We are looking for a great guest to to interview on this topic in the future. It's something we have devoted a fair amount of space to in our upcoming, soon to be released, brand new work from home edition of our Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies book. In breaking news, we can exclusively report that we have turned the page proofs in and are expecting to get confirmation of the actual publication date very soon. Tom, what's all on our agenda for this episode? Well, Dennis, in this edition of the Kennedy Ma Report, we will indeed be reporting on our latest
0: thinking and approaches to uh, your and our home office setup. In our second segment, we're going to debut or sort of continue a new segment that we're calling Bug or Feature, And as usual, we'll finish up with our parting shots, that one tip website or observation that you can start to use the second that this podcast is over. But first up, what is our latest thinking on home office setups, and will you agree with us? Uh, Two years ago, when most offices were closed and lawyers were just starting to get the hang of working from home, we recorded an episode around the current best thinking for your home office technology setup. Um, now we fast forward two years. For many of us, our home offices have become more permanent than we expected, uh, or we've become part of the hybrid lifestyle where we're spending more time at home offices uh, and, sp- and, and, and splitting time with our real offices. So we thought we'd do an update episode. Um, how has the thinking on the home office shifted? How has it changed in the past years? How has our thinking evolved on it, if at all? Some things have changed, in my opinion. Some things have just gotten there, stayed the same. Dennis, uh, I I figure where we're headed, at least initially, is jobs to be done. Do you want to get those comments out of the way first?
1: Sure. I think jobs to be done is a great place to start. And that's so I always like to ask myself, what am I hiring my home office to do for me? And sort of the the more clearly and specifically I can answer that question, the the better I'm going to be. So, what is the job that this this uh, home office is going to do for it for you? I'm also intrigued lately with this this sort of simple start with the end in mind approach. So, if I if I look at my home office and I say, here's where I think I want it to be in the future? What are the steps that I need to start with? And then to proceed with to get to that that ideal end, um, and so what I've I guess to uh, a little bit of a, a spoiler alert here, but you know one of the things I've found is that um, I've actually kind of evolved my home office approach, and and I've had uh, by knowing where I wanted to get, this helped me kind of tweak what it is that I'm doing and to, to make adjustments. Um, so sometimes you can, you can have this plan and be surprised by, uh, how things actually, actually work. How about you, Tom?
0: Well, I, so when you just said evolution, that's kind of the word that I wanted to use, but, but, but when you talk kind of about, um, doing experiments and things like that, I, I don't. I don't really view this as experiments because experiments mean sometimes you fail. And when that comes to setting up a home office, um, failing could be an expensive proposition. So I, I prefer to think about it as, you know, an evolution starting slowly with a small piece or two or a small part of the, your home office setup and, and slowly evolving towards the end that you want. You know, for example, how many of you two years ago when it was time, to do the home office thing, how many just went out and, and decided to ho- outfit your whole office all at once? You just said, I'm just going to buy everything. And my next question to you is, how'd that work out? How are How is it going to your from now? Are you happy with it? Are there things that you would change? For me, that could be a disaster personally because you know, especially if the vision I had in my mind didn't match up with the reality when I put it all together. Because I will tell you, many of the things that I decided to buy and put together in my office when it actually got into my office it did not look at all like I had envisioned it being. It just wasn't, it wasn't what I expected. Um, by doing it slowly, though, putting it together a piece at a time, I had a better chance at success. I think you have a better chance at success. But frankly, um, we're talking about this as if you're just now putting your home office together, getting started with for the first time, which I'm assuming is not the case. So maybe let's switch the question around and say, um, how happy are you with what you have right now? Are there tweaks you want to make? Are there changes that you can make in in how your office is? What are the the ways right now that you could um, upgrade or uh, uh, make sure that your office is something that you really are happy with?
1: Yeah, it's almost like uh, I think of it as this is a great time to reboot your home office, and so, so there you've had some learnings. There's some things that work really well, some things that could work better, and it's I just think we would all sort of benefit from taking that half a day or Saturday or something like that, and just say, let me let me kind of work on the home office and and see how much I. Can improve it, and so I think it's important, uh, you know, as as we've as we've said, to, to have a plan, but kind of keep it fluid and uh, give it room to to change, um, and and for you to uh, adapt the plan. I also ask my question: Is how likely am I to get things right on the first try? And that's so. If we go back, the you know, the two years, I uh, and say. I, got, I did these things and I had this table and I did these, you know, this chair and, and these filing cabinets and these bookshelves and, and all these things. And now you realize that they probably didn't quite work. And so I think it's, there is a sort of bit of, you're trying some experiments and there's a little bit of scientific method and, and building on what things work, but it's kind of, to me, uh, why I want to talk about this 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 topic was that uh, I think it's a great time just reboot and rethink the home office setup and and make it better for where you are now based on what you've learned over over time and and Tom I hope it, when you talk about things that surprise you you're going to tell uh, tell the story of your uh, your desk that came and took you know, three, three movers to, to get it into your, into your office because it was much heavier than than you thought.
0: That was surprising, but it was not disappointing. So it wasn't that I looked at it and I go, well, this is not at all what I expected because actually when it got put together, it was 100% what I expected. And I've been very happy with that, but I would say that, um, that yes, there are always going to be surprises when what you get. I will say uh, I I still push back against the notion of experiments because if I had not liked that desk, I would be very unhappy thinking about it. Oh, well, that experiment failed because that was a pricey experiment for me to have. But to your point, I would say that um, to the extent that I've had experiments, it's been around an office chair. It's been around finding the right chair that is comfortable to me. And I've been through... I probably went through four chairs, but this is going back to before before COVID. Um, I was I was looking at office chairs because I've been working from home for a long time, but I w- have been working looking at them forever, and I keep switching because I can't find the right one. I finally settled on one, but that's where I find that making the uh, making the 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 experiments are good as long as you're not spending a ton of money. I think it it makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, I and I think that the same same thing for me is that. Uh, you know, if you, if you spend a lot of money on a desk, you're sort of committed to it. If you're trying to decide, do I want like a regular desk or a flat surface, like a table, you can repurpose um, a table and try it for a while and see, see what, you know, if you need drawers, if there were other things that you need. Um, I experiment with you know, different types of lighting with different ways of, you know, different containers, different placements of, of things, and then all the audio and, and video stuff I have. So um, I think you're right. There's, there's a point where you say, uh, the experiment's too big. I've, I've kind of committed to it. But, uh, but otherwise, you can kind of say, maybe I could try something a little different. And then then I would say also moving things around you know, sometimes, like one of the best things I did was just moving my desk from one side of the room I'm in to the other. So uh, who would have who would have thought that would have been so beneficial? So Tom, I don't know, maybe you want to talk a little bit about your current setup. Sure. So
0: the, I, the as we said before, sort of the corner piece is the uh, centerpiece is the um, is the standing desk, um, and it's a it's a it's a long standing desk. It's about six foot long. What I really like about the standing desk is. Um, It has a glass top to it, which I can keep relatively clean, although you wouldn't know that right now, because underneath the glass, there's a second... I don't know, shelf or something un- underneath it that's made of wood where I, I have um, all of my sound equipment that I'm using right now. I just keep it there all the time. I stow my keyboard there. I store other little things. I put my remarkable tablet there. So whenever I want to write something, I can just pull it out. It helps me keep my desk nice and clean because that's one of the downsides to having a standing desk is, No storage. If you have a regular desk, you have the desk drawers around here. There's no desk drawers in a standing desk, so that's the downside to that, but I don't miss it because I have extra storage here for all the stuff that I really need. Um, I have my glass desk mat, which I will never go back to plastic again, not having grooves or cracks when I try to move my chair back and forth. Um, This glass desk mat is amazing. Um I like I said I finally got to the right comfort level chair it's called a Lifeform executive chair very comfortable er- ergonomic uh great great chair to use um I wound up putting two lamps on my desk I've got I had a lamp uh, originally and when I got the bigger desk uh somehow because it's a 6 foot desk uh it made one end of the having one lamp at one end it wasn't <laughs> bright enough to cover the whole desk. So it was very dark on one end. So I went and bought um, an LED lamp that um, mimics the, the color of the light on the other side. And I love it. It, it has light on both sides. It works really well. Um, we've already talked in a multiple episodes about the webcam. I've got a webcam that I use both for my desktop computer, my uh, my laptop as well. Um, I've got two microphones. I have a microphone that I use for work calls that um, tends to be better than my laptop microphone, but it's not fancy. And then I've got the microphone I'm talking into right now that I use for podcasts, for more professional recordings. Um, so I kind of have that, what's the, what's the purpose of, uh, what's the best use case for the microphones? Um, and then also we've talked... Uh, again about my monitor i i I really like the widescreen monitor i have a 49 inch monitor that's really great it's got right now i'm able to see dennis right in the center of my screen but i also have audacity up on one side recording the 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 podcast and on the other side i have the script that we use for this and it's all available all all very nice and big and beautiful so that's my general setup um what does yours look like dennis
1: I, I'm sort of... Uh, there's some similarities, some differences, because I, I don't think I ever want to do the stand-up thing. So I've I've kind of... And I go back to this observation, Tom, that, that you made that of, of pilers and filers, and I'm clearly a piler, so I need a lot of space. So I'm actually... In my experiment before making a final decision about what I really want, um, I've repurposed an old dining room table uh, and and so I have a big uh, a big surface um, but I sit at um, and then I have to me what is a big monitor but it's a you know uh, it's only 34 inches. and then I have two separate computers, one Windows one. One a Mac, and then I have the other stuff uh, that I use in lights. I found the same problem you did, Tom, with the uh, if you have a large space that if you have the a lamp on one side that it doesn't get. Uh, the light doesn't get to the other side of of the uh, the surface, so I've had to make that that sort of adjustment. And I have the you know, like the booms for the microphones, a couple different web cameras, um, and then all my. Uh, all my jet pens, uh, stationary and pencils and sharpeners and cool stuff like that. Um, and I have a whiteboard reasonably close by. That's probably the big thing that I want to to change these days. So a more standard thing, the thing that I realize now as, uh, and you sort of alluded to this, is that if you go to the flat surface and you don't have drawers, um, then storage becomes an issue and you have to really think a lot about where you're putting things and whether you're going to start to accumulate these inboxes and trays and other things like that. So I think ultimately I'll end up going to something that has at least a couple of drawers uh, available to me to to put things away so that I don't Pile stuff all over the place.
0: Well, let me just say, here's here's, and I'm 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 maybe cutting to the chase. This really wasn't part of the script that we've been, the outline that we were following. But I'm going to talk about what I want to change now that I've gotten here. And frankly, this took two years to get here. This wasn't something that I, like I said, I didn't go out and buy it automatically I mean, just overnight. And I don't recommend anybody ever do that. I mean, I got the the desk didn't come until a year after we were all, you know, shut down. And it took a while for me to decide what I wanted. And I'm very happy that I was deliberate about that. But if I could change things right now, the one thing that I don't have the ability to do now is I want to be able to, I want to have the capability to record videos um, as a create as a content creator, and the way that my desk is set up right now, it doesn't provide for a good way for me to put a camera there to record me, and uh, in, in the way that I would want to. And so, um, I think that my setup right now is my desk is right in the middle of my. Office, I need to put it closer to the wall so that I can um, so that I can have some stuff back up against me. But what that means is I'm getting rid of bookcases and the only filing filing drawers that I have in my office because I can't put them behind me because, who wants to who what kind of content creator wants to have boring bookcases behind them that just look terrible. So um, I'm gonna have to eventually kind of do a major redo of, of that just so I can get um, you know a good a good kind of, you know one of the one of the main things to think of, and, and I probably should have started here at the first, is that if you want to record good video, and we've, I think we've probably talked about this on the podcast before is um, having the right background is surprisingly, um, and annoyingly important is making sure that what people see behind you um, is not detracting from it, but is also pleasing for people to see. I mean, there's if you go on to Twitter, there's a, a ratemyroom.com or ratemyroom uh, Twitter Twitter account where they spent the first year of lockdown rating the rooms of people who uh, were appearing from their homes on uh, on news channels, and it has become a thing. And there's lots of articles. There's actually professionals who will help you you design your, your office so that it looks pleasing on a video camera, whether you're using that for Zoom calls or whether you're using that to create a video. So that's kind of where I'm headed next is to try to, I mean, I, I, I like the background I have right now for my meetings. I've got a lot of photos that I've taken and they're, they're, they're on, in frames on the wall, but I don't think that's ultimately where I want to go. I don't know if that, if I'm taking things a little bit out of order, Dennis, but maybe I'll ask you, are there, what are, what's up for you on tweaks and changes you want to make?
1: Well, I um, have three things that I jotted down while you were you we were talking. So one is that we're at the time of year where it's not really uh, warm enough to turn on the air conditioner, but it's like a little bit warmer than it was um, in the wintertime in in the apartment. And because I'm recording, I, I, I don't uh, have a fan on in the room or anything. And, um, and so I, the first thing I jotted down was I need to look into a silent fan because it's getting a little warm in here while well, I do this recording, especially if you have lights on you. Um, I also have not figured out where to put a whiteboard that's a workable place for me. Um, and I don't know what the solution that is going to be and I'm still kind of fiddling with the lighting and as, and I do feel, as I mentioned, that I I need to go to, to drawers. So those are, those are some of the things that, uh, that I have, I don't know. Let's talk, let's go to uh, thinking about getting started when somebody's kind of, if somebody wants to start rebooting their, their home office, uh, what what are the, the places that you would suggest that they, they get started in that time?
0: Well, if you are getting started, or if you're thinking about what you have done before is not working, so you want to think about a change, the first thing that I would really think about is whether or not you have your own space. Um, because um, I, I know a lot of people who wound up uh you know taking the dining room table as their desk which meant that every day they had to pack up and move off to so that people could have dinner on it and that's not an ideal situation and so every piece of advice i've seen of, of people who talk about setting up your home office have said that um that that cl- uh you know claiming a space that's not used for anything else no matter how small it is will Will be something will be better for you in the long run than having a space because let's face it, a lot of us we just don't have enough room. We are not fortunate to have a separate room for an office. We may have to claim that nook underneath the stairs um, or uh, something down in a basement somewhere, or we need to closet. clean our closet or um, you know the, the 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 desk that's a built-in um, in the kitchen uh, to be used, but find it and claim it and make it your own so that you're not having to and say, this is my office, this is where I'm going to be doing it. Um, That's my, that's my first, that's my first tip. I think the second main tip there is to, um, is to make sure that you have good lighting and good windows, Um, wherever it happens to be. um, Try to be in a place where windows are there. And two reasons. Um, It's not just for good natural lighting to light your face up when you're in meetings or things like that so people can see you. Um, I think it's for mental, good mental well-being. I mean, I think being able to look outside, to have the sun streaming in, it's always a, a benefit to you rather than being in a in a in a place with no windows or darkness or things like that. Even though you might have, uh, even though you might have good lighting, um, I think windows are preferable. And 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 if you don't have good lighting, um, make sure you're investing in a web camera you can adjust the brightness. I mean, the web camera that I've got right now, I can go into the settings. Um, and frankly, what I wind up having to do is turning down the brightness because sometimes it's too bright here. But I like the fact that it's adjustable and I don't have to live with uh, the the brightness that came along with my laptop or something else. Those are two main things I can think of. Dennis, anything you want to mention?
1: Yeah, I mean, just a couple of things. And so I, I've sort of liked this approach, um, which my daughter is a big advocate of, of kind of just like, you know, uh, sending out two or three columns that says, here's here's what I really have to have. Here's what would be nice to have. Here's what I don't want to have, that kind of thing. And just start to map out the things that you that you want and what works for you. You can also say, um uh, here are some things that i I would like to try. I think what's really important is to to really think through what work you're actually going to do at home, especially if you're starting to go into the office or you're in more of a hybrid setting and what you won't do in your home office. So one of the things I found was I kept putting bookshelves and books like close by where I was going to work, and then I realized I never read like in my home office. So it's almost like I want to take all of that stuff out now. And then Tom mentioned this thing. There is this sort of real politique of uh, you need to figure out, negotiate with the others in your home space to say like, okay, what is actually going to work? And then the one I think about is, uh, is what are your constraints? So it could be space. It could be other things. A lot of times it's just pure budget. And so in my case, I, um, I like to say I have uh, steel case dreams on a target budget because the steel case office supplies are so nice, but they're very expensive. And, you know, how are you going to reconcile those things and to make the right right trade-offs? So those are some of the things I think about. And then I guess the last thing that I I would say on on this time is that I'm – become intrigued by the vision board approach of saying like let's let me start to collect and put together a board and it could be electronic in notion it could be you know just a poster board or something of just pictures of the stuff that you want or it's almost like inspiration office things that you'd see and again i go to the steel case dot com site and see some of their stuff and some of their layouts and that that gives me ideas to say i would like something like this and that visual element of an inspiration board can be really helpful
0: so let's maybe talk about um maybe talk a little bit more about technology that's key things that we want to talk about. So I'm, I'm, you know, assuming that we both agree that um, that a monitor is something that that the type of monitor and how you have it is key. I still think the monitor was one of my most important um, purchases over the last two years. Um, I am still a believer um, that one bigger monitor is better than multiple smaller monitors. Um, I uh, recently had the, had the opportunity to swap out uh, on, in another office here a big monitor for my partner who instantly said, I can't believe I've been using uh, two monitors for the past two years and this literally solved things within a day is now I can keep everything together. So I think that's a big deal. I think that figuring out what your what your computer is, and I noticed Dennis, you have in here, is this the return of the desktop, or is it still the laptop era? I, I tend to think that the desktop era n- never really went away; it just it just became a little bit less popular. Um, But I still tend to think that laptops are still the way to go for a home office because the home office is really becoming more of a hybrid office. I mean, some people are choosing to work at home, but more and more people are spending time, splitting time between home and a a, a traditional office. And at some point you're going to need to leave and better to take the device you use with you. So I, I still tend to think that a laptop is the better one, which is why I think that one of the must-have tools for a home office is a good docking station, is to have something that you can put your laptop into that will plug into that big monitor. Um, There is a... There's a, a really nice docking station that doesn't exist yet from Logitech where it will let you connect to your Microsoft Teams meetings with just a push of a button and it has a speakerphone in it uh, and you can, a nice, bright, beautiful sounding speaker uh, that I'm really coveting. Uh, but I, I, whatever kinds you get, there's all types of docking stations out there. I think those are really useful. Um, in, in terms of... Um, Other types of technology, if you don't have uh, the ability to get, you know, a bigger monitor or multiple monitors, but you have an iPad or you have a tablet, um, invest in some of the mirroring software so that you can make uh, your iPad your second monitor for your laptop. Always better to have a couple of extra monitors and have that space if you need to. Um, Those are also good as note-taking devices, so you can do double duty. It can be your monitor, but you can also take notes during meetings. Uh, but I will say that the one technology that you should not skimp on, uh, even if you do have, you know target realities with most of the furniture that you get, is do your best to get the best internet service that you can get. Because I have uh, over the past two years, um, with w- had to deal with with clients whose internet con- and and colleagues whose internet connections have just suffered because, they're still using a relatively slow, uh, slow internet connection. And I I think that's the one thing that if possible, you should not skimp on I would I would tend to pay for the fastest connection I could get. Uh, I think that's your best investment. Dennis, I've been talking a lot. Anything to add there?
1: Yeah, just a couple things. I, I want to echo your thing about the docking station in the context of a desktop. And so the parallel to a docking station is is sort of like a USB hub is is the best way to think of it. That may have multiple types of connections on it. Um, and that can be really useful because I'm sitting here and I don't even want to count all the USB thing, you know, from from lights to microphones to cameras to uh, speakers to all sorts of things that that go into uh, the different compute the two computers that I have. So having these hubs and you can get them that some that even have like I think like sixteen connections, but you, they'll sometimes have a combo of HDMI and other inputs. Um, and so there's a lot of choices out there that can make your life a, a lot easier if you, if you find that you're. Uh, you know, kind of unplugging something and plugging something in a lot, the extra hub can make a big difference. I, I sort of feel that if you're not doing, if you're not going to the office a lot and you're not traveling, you could probably go to a, the desktop tablet combination, I think is really interesting these days. I think a lot about paper, like uh, you know, there, there's like a whole generation of young people who don't even know what printers are, it seems like, and printing is really difficult uh, for them. And and so kind of like, well, what is it about printers? Do you really need one? And they can take up a lot of space, like on a desktop or, or around you. Uh, scanners, another thing where you want to say like, hmm, how much paper is really coming in here? And do I need a small scanner for something, you know, when that is the equivalent of I need to take something, scan it and email it to somebody or as they would do back in the dark ages to fax something to, to somebody. So I, I think there's a couple of things there. And then the, the other thing that I, I have started to think about is that as you work through this, you I do think you want to look at your own aesthetic you know and to say hmm, what do i want to be on the, the walls you know i like having ambient music playing so i want better speakers somebody might not care about that you know the lighting the led that you can change the colors of um is is really cool and helpful in the terms of warmth and coolness of the light for me but somebody else might like like it and then like i said the aesthetic do you, do you have uh you know do you want to fit in with with other things in your you know in your living space or in your office and have a certain look or that ties together or do you just want to have it kind of like just kind of found items? And so so I, I look at those things and then I guess the last thing I would say on on that time is that there's a part of me that that um, feels like, you know, it might be worth just like hiring a of design professional for for an hour or two to kind of help you out and kind of point you in the in the right direction or an organizational or ergonomic person. So that's something to think of as well if you really want to kind of really go in and kind of redo an office and and build it in the way, in the way that you would like. So we're running late on this segment, but I want to follow up real quick
0: on your discussion about paper. I I think that it is hard to get away from paper at this point in time. I As, much, as little paper as I use, I mean, I literally use no, no, no paper in work, but I am constantly still coming up against insurance companies and other vendors who require me to print something out and mail it to them. And so I think having a printer in the house – you should make it a wireless printer. So it doesn't have to be at your desk. It doesn't have to take up room somewhere. I think that should be a printer scanner combo. So you don't have two different devices. So you can scan things because I, I still get paper mail that I don't want to keep as paper. So I scan every week so I can keep stuff electronically. I think a printer is important. Um, my best, the, the lessons learned that I would think and my best t- tips would be one, go slow. Um, be deliberate in what you're trying to do. And then to the extent we haven't discussed it before, I would prioritize comfort. You know, investing in a comfortable chair, making sure your desk is something that you enjoy sitting at. I think ultimately, as it's kind of corny to say it, cliche to say it's an investment in yourself. But frankly, if you don't enjoy where you are and it's not comfortable to you, then, and it's in your house, then that's just a bad combination all the way around. So whatever you choose, try to make it as comfortable as you possibly can.
1: I would agree with uh, with both things, and I would add that you know one of the issues for people who are being forced to go back into offices is they're realizing like how their office space, and sometimes it's just cube or, or, you know, if you're in an office office setting, it's something worse than that. It's not personalized. It's not designed for you. It's sort of least common denominator. And so, like, in your home office, I would say, like, that's the place you want to personalize. That's the place where you say, like, I really want to enjoy Uh, what I'm doing. And, um, and it makes it easy for me to do the work that I plan to do in that home office. And that would be the big thing is, is, uh, I would say I give you the permission and my blessing to design a home office that really works for you. And
0: there you have it. All right, before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick break for a message from our sponsors. when you request your quote for 20% off your first translation, visit thespanishgroup.org. Delegate out those tasks that take up your time. Staffy can help you with your legal, administrative, marketing, and even client-facing workload. Hiring Staffy's top-notch bilingual virtual staff means Staffy does the recruiting, hiring, and training for you. Then, if you need a change, Staffy handles it. You get to concentrate on your strategic work. Schedule a free consultation at Staffy.cc. That's S-T-A-F-I.cc, and get five hundred dollars off with code Happy twenty four.
1: If you're like me, you're probably a bit frustrated with the state of our political system today. Democracy Decoded, a podcast by Campaign Legal Center, examines our government and discusses innovative ideas that could lead to a stronger, more transparent, accountable, and inclusive democracy. Listen at democracydecoded.org to their new season, which takes a deep dive into democracy at the state and local level by highlighting different ways to ensure that every voter's voice is heard.
0: Filing court documents, serving legal papers, collecting electronic signatures, all critical parts of the litigation process, yet ones that are time-consuming and error-prone. But what if you could do more straight from your case or document management software? And now let's get back to the Kennedy-Mile Report. I'm Tom Mile.
1: And I'm Dennis Kennedy. We wanted to try a new format for this part of the episode, which we call the B segment. We'll talk about something that many of us commonly take for granted and discuss whether we think it is a bug or a feature. We might agree or disagree, but you will learn something from our debate I've read tons of stuff lately about Windows 11 and feel that like many of us, the organizational approach of testing and delaying updates of major software releases makes my actual experience of Windows 11 still a long way off. For those of you keeping track at home, the official launch date of Windows 11 was October 5th, 2021. Windows 10 was launched in 2015. Tom, is this very slow rollout of major software releases like Windows that we see in many organizations a bug or a feature? So I think it depends on what you mean by major software. So if
0: you're talking about a computer operating system like Windows 11, then I would say that very slow rollouts are very much a feature. According to the various stories that I've read, adoption of Windows 11 is maybe something close to 20% as of April 2022. That's not an exact science. It's usually people who are out there scanning different computers, and it's hard to know exactly what's going on. But analysts are predicting that most businesses are going to wait until later this year or even 2023 for a couple of reasons. First, most companies like to wait until Microsoft can iron out all the kinks and the bugs, which usually doesn't happen until that first service release, which hasn't even come out yet. Um, Second a lot of current Office hardware isn't even compatible with Windows 11. So my bet is, is a lot of companies are waiting for more of their equipment to age out and otherwise they're gonna have to upgrade a lot of equipment and hardware at the same time as they're upgrading Windows 11. I think it's different for consumers. I mean, I upgraded to Windows 11 with no issues because I had the right hardware, I'm willing to put up with any bugs that I find, which frankly, I'm not really finding any, nothing that that's standing out to me in any way. But businesses really can't afford that with a piece of software that runs the computers of every employee in the entire company. If there are bugs or the hardware is not strong enough, then that seriously impacts business performance, it impacts productivity, Ultimately, it impacts the bottom line. So I'm going to say that major delays with software like Windows is a feature, and I might argue it's a necessary feature. But if you define major software as something, let's say, like Microsoft 365, that's major software too. Then my answer switches to bug, because with companies, law firms, and whatever, keeping their heads in the sand too long, despite the fact that Microsoft 365 has proven to be a great tool, it works well, it's stable, the advantage of having it far outweigh continuing to work with outdated on-premises software. Uh, you know, we're still seeing companies who are just deciding to move to Microsoft 365, despite, despite the fact that actually Microsoft, I went and looked, Microsoft 365 has been around for as a tool for over 11 years, and it's been available as an enterprise tool to law firms and companies for five years now. And still we have law firms and companies that are not on it. So operating systems feature all other types of major software. I'd really call that a bug. Dennis?
1: Well, this probably won't surprise people because I am an updater. And I just see this, and I've always seen this as a bug. I mean, I, I, I get that you might want to take a little bit of time uh, on some of this stuff, but you know, as you run old software, and especially operating systems, you you can be a lot more vulnerable to to uh, uh, security issues. Um, it annoys me when, when in a Windows environment when I know there are security updates and uh, at the corporate level, it's there the updates aren't being rolled out. But on these big these big things like Windows 11, it's kind of like I feel like I don't even need to look at what the you know what's new about Windows 11 or what's going on with it because I'm just not going to see it for a while. And I think that is, if you're the sort of tech forward employee who yeah. likes to have know, good tools to work with and new tools to work with. I just think it's like, you know, it's demoralizing to say like, oh, we don't trust you uh, with this new software and we have to test all all these things. And I've never worked in an IT department, so I, I don't want to minimize what the issues are. But there is a point where you say, uh, you know, what well, is the. gook? Gu- a year or two ago, there's still big law firms on Windows 7. I I think that there's a point, um, and, and it's probably once you're five or six years into a release that this whole thing of saying we need to test because we're not sure about, you know, like a version of Windows that's already being replaced, probably just doesn't cut it anymore. So I definitely see this as a bug. You can convince me, I, I think a reasonable amount of testing obviously makes sense, but Um, I think it's off-putting to employees uh, the longer that these delays go out.
0: So because you said we may agree or disagree, then I need some time for rebuttal on this because um, I want to say, first of all, it's not as if, I agree with you, Windows 7, firms that are still running Windows 95, for example, uh, are, are, are a, a walking security mess. But let's not pretend that Windows 10 is a security nightmare because it's stable, it, it, it has security patches, but everybody, every operating software has security patches. And Windows is going to support Windows 10, Microsoft is going to support Windows 10 through 2025. So it's not like it's aging out. It's not like it's your grandfather's Windows that we're doing. So sticking around on it, I don't think is demoralizing. In fact, there's a lot of articles out there saying how to get the great features you have now on Windows 10 on Windows 11 because you miss Windows 10 so much. So I would dispute the demoralizing part. I would also say that the delay is not because of testing on law firm parts. I would say it's on one, waiting for Microsoft to get it right so that there aren't bugs. And two, there, is, there was actually a test when Windows 11 came out that you could run on your computer to see if your computer was strong enough to handle Windows 11. That has nothing to do with a law firm wanting to test it. That has to do whether the software is, is, uh, hardware is capable of running it. So I, I think that for all the reasons, everything that you described as a problem, I totally agree. If those were issues, it would be a bug. I just don't see those as issues.
1: Well... You probably haven't got the emails, as many emails and uh, the conversations I've had that uh, IT department still needs to test uh, certain software with new versions of Windows, um, uh, which I've, I've seen as a, as a very real thing. But as I said, I'm an updater and I, I install things, of uh, updates right away and uh, new versions of things right away. So it's always going to be a bug for me now it's time for our parting shots that one tip website our observation you can use the second this podcast ends tom take it away
0: all right, so my um, tip is um, completely unrelated to the practice of law. I've probably mentioned on the podcast before that I take part in a uh, charity musical production uh, with other lawyers here in the Dallas area every year. Um, and one of the things that we do is we spoof um, real songs. We put legal, legal-ish lyrics to them um, and have a great time singing them. But some of the songs that we get are it can be a little bit absurd obscure. Um, it, it's hard sometimes to find uh, you know karaoke versions of certain types of songs where you've got all the familiar musical background to it, but you don't have any of the, uh, uh, the, the voices involved. Um, but I found recently a website that just is called. It's a very simple site called Music Slash Voice Separation. And what it does is it uses artificial intelligence to basically separate the voice components of a song from the um, from the music track. And you can add, you can upload any type of song uh, file to it and click separate, and it will flawlessly in my opinion in my experience separate the track so you have a great karaoke track that you, we can use we never use them for our actual shows we just use them for rehearsal purposes um, but I will tell you that it's taken some very very obscure music that would never see the light of day in a karaoke bar or any karaoke track and it uh, creates a flawless uh, flawless track with music only and no voices uh, it's called music voice separation
1: I like these these little tools of very specific artificial intelligence that give us a a, a a glimpse of of some of the things that that AI actually can do for us, um, and get us away from the you know will will AI replace lawyers types of questions. I just, I prefer to look and see like look what are the things that that can be done, and that's that's this is a cool uh, application of it. So I have two that I'll give real quick. So, Tom, you and I were talking about uh, uh, difficulty in remembering people's names uh, before we started the recording. And so one of my uh, parting shots was uh, an article called 10 Online Tools and Apps to Improve Memory for Seniors on the OnlineTechTips.com site. Um, And there'll be a link in the show notes. And uh, the other thing is that sometimes uh, you just want to do like a cool little Venn diagram. And um, I've tried doing it in Word and Excel, PowerPoint, all these things. And it's always like a fresh attempt each time. So, uh, There's a great article called How to Make a Venn Diagram in PowerPoint on the smallbiztrends.com website. And um, I'm not saying it's like super simple. Um, There are a number of steps to it, but there is a, um, you know, a great little Venn diagram making tool built into PowerPoint. And uh, if you ever want to do Venn diagrams, it's super useful. And so that wraps it up for this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report.
0: Thanks for joining us on the podcast. You can find show notes for this episode on the Legal Talk Network's page for our show. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, on the Legal Talk Network site, or in your favorite podcatcher. If you'd like to get in touch with us, remember you can reach out to us on LinkedIn, on Twitter, or remember we do like to get questions to fo- feature on our B segment. That phone number is 720-441-6820.